Newsflash, you can lose weight like a celebrity without being a celebrity. New Glucotrim from GNC delivers serious results with a proven formula that features ingredients derived from nature, like berberine. And the best part? You don't need a crazy expensive prescription. Glucotrim works with your body to support healthy blood sugar and protect lean muscle mass, unlike other products out there. And did I mention it's caffeine-free? So if you want real results, get on that celebrity weight loss level with new Glucotrim. Get it at GNC. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's up, y'all? This is Brother Ali in the mix with Tim Einekel on the library, rapstation.com. Keep it right here. Yeah. The twilight's last gleaming. The low-key, high-grade grass steaming. Slick talking, fly nigga, fast creaming. Free bullshit, you out here gas dreaming. Yeah, Zeus on Mount Olympus. Illuminati wanna pimp us, pimp us. Record labels wanna skimp us, but I'm a hustler. I'll never go limp. Plus, snap like a limp. Plus, and high. My next guest is a Texas-based producer who has worked with artists such as David Banner, Large Pro. Brand Nubian, Planet Asia, and much more. His new album is currently out and it's called Raw. He's Ginsu D. And I want to welcome him to the library with Tim Einikel on rapstation.com. Thanks for joining me, man. Peace. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. It's principles and codes where all you niggas feeling invincible get scold. The flow is reprehensible and bold and way too far. Uh, so I, I, you know, I want to obviously start from the beginning, but like. I want to know your backstory. Where did you come from and who were your influences musically growing up? Then why and how did you get into producing? Um, I'm actually uh, from nowhere. My, my, <laughs> father, my father was in the Army. So uh, although my roots are in, in Jackson, Mississippi, both, both of my parents are from there. My dad went from high school to, to Vietnam. So we just grew up, you know, all over the place. I was born in Fort Knox, Kentucky. Ironically, where the gold is allegedly hold, you know, held. But uh, so I'm from kind of kind of all over the place. My early music influences were all of the traditional, if I can use that term, traditional hip hop that mm-hmm. was out um, that I had access to in the mid to late 80s. So um uh, all that, you know, early, you know, stuff out of New York, uh, was, was all the, the pulse of my life. You know, right. I mean, it was the heartbeat of my life as a kid. And so, um, you know, all of that stuff, man, was, was inspiring and it was new and it was groundbreaking. And, uh, man, I just wanted to be a part of it. And so I was early on, I was emceeing and, you know, b-boying. And it wasn't until the uh, the late '90s that I actually stopped rhyming and and dove 
uh, deep into production. You mentioned you traveled around a bunch. Um, so was it hard for you to get your hands on that vinyl or that you know those CDs or whatever or tapes, um, or were they pretty easy to get? Pretty pretty easy to get, but but you know I, I came up in a time where I saw the birth of. Well, not really the birth. I would say the transition. I saw the transition of media from vinyl and cassettes to CDs to, you know, what we have now, you know, MP3s. Hmm. And so although there was uh, something lost in those transition transitions, I saw it unfold. Having to wait until the, in the store to get the vinyl, taking it home, looking at the, the album artwork, holding it, you know, something tangible while you play the music is a is an experience that's hard to find adjectives to describe. Mm-hmm. It's just something one must experience uh, or even not having enough money for the vinyl and settling for the cassette. And then the whole jacket of the cassette, the insert folds out like a whole bunch of times and you're looking at all of it and you're reading the credits and it's just a, a, an amazing experience. And so it, to answer your question, no, it wasn't really difficult to gain access to that stuff uh, on the military bases that I lived in as a kid. They had, you know, stores and, and s- small shopping centers that were like a small mall and stuff like that. So I always had access to it. The difficult thing was the type of music. Is what is where the challenge was being on the military bases. I wasn't getting a lot of, you know, like the Lockheed Shabazz and the 45 King production stuff and, you know, main source. And, you know, it, you, it took it took time for a lot of that stuff to trickle down. Um, but, you know, the good thing is a lot of my school friends were from New York. And so they would come back with the BLS tapes and stuff <laughs> like that. So I would get hip to what was going on in New York and what was going on with the culture through them. So, yeah. You mentioned something very interesting. Uh, you were talking about the vinyl and the artwork. Um, and before we get into the new album raw, when you look at your, your bank, when you look at your discography, right? Mm-hmm. What really stands out to me is the, is the, the cover artwork. And I was, I was, is that something that you yourself have a hand in? And also why is the cover artwork important for you? Yes, I, I do definitely have a hand in that. Um, and the, the importance is, um, it's a part of the overall vision of the, of the record. Hmm. Um, again, I come from a time where, um, even as a kid looking at the artwork of my parents' records, and listening to the music in the background, it was an actual experience, just like listening to the music was an experience. Uh, I remember being in love, you know, of course, as a young, you know, horny, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I mean, a young, a young, a young horny lad looking at the Ohio player record covers with the beautiful black sister on there half naked, you know what I mean? (laughs) You know, with honey all over and stuff like that, because the album's called Honey or the album Ecstasy and she's, you know, very provocative hugging a guy and 
you know, just even aside from the hormone, the raging hormones at that age, but just how dope it was. The artwork is called Pain. And it, she's stabbing someone in the back and like just that mm. imagery and the title. And then the music was real raw and funky. Like it just was dope, man. And then reading who's playing on it and what kind of instruments were they using to create these sounds like that stuff was important. And so when I had the blessing and opportunity to start making records and releasing records internationally and nationally, I carried that tradition with me. Uh, I remember a guy asked me about uh, the album I did with Planet Asia, Abrasions, which is one of my favorite uh, pieces of, of work. And he asked me, what, what does the title mean? You know, what is what is the what is behind the title and the artwork? And I told him, I said, I wanted the listener to listen to the album while staring at that artwork. And you tell me what it means. Mm -hmm. You know, because music affects people differently. You know, music is an individual journey. And so um, the artwork, man, is is definitely part of um, is just to me as important as making the music itself. Is that does the does the is the artwork created prior to the album being completed or is the final completion or the final part of the puzzle for you? Is that the artwork? It depends. It varies because um, one one main variable that I try to keep in place, whether it's making the music, whether it's working with the artists, creating artwork is like it has to be organic. It cannot be forced. It can't be forced. And so there were times where I've come across images and it spoke to me and I said, you know, there it is, which is what happened like with abrasions. Um, uh, a, a super dope artist out of Atlanta, a guy named Craig. I came across some of his work. And when I saw that image, I said, that's it. Mm -hmm. um, similar thing happened with the album I did with Denmark Vesey that dropped in July with the, the eggplant that a guy took it literally took an eggplant and carved a skull out of the eggplant and then took right. a picture of it. And so that, that, that was a, an instance where I saw that artwork and this is some old, you know, some old white guy in Switzerland or something somewhere like 60 year old guy carved it out. And it just spoke to everything that Denmark and I were saying with the record. So to answer your question, yeah, sometimes it's it's something that's already there. And then sometimes it's something that's created from scratch, like on Raw, the album Raw. And let's turn to the album Raw. I mean, uh, so one of the tracks, Principles and Codes, features Diamond D. Haters all want to chime in. chime in. All these bad bitches want time in. I tell a small few, sit back and climb in. It's all carte blanche from the space that I'm in. What was it? I mean, what was it about this beat that kind of made you know that Diamond D would be perfect for a track like this? You know, you have to study the the artist. You know, I I, I do the research before I even reach out to the artist. Hmm. And Diamond, you know, piece to Diamond D. By the way, he's you know not only is he one of my greatest influences but just super dope MC producer and and person that's my man 50 grand but um 
the great diamond has this style where he's able to bounce in and out of tracks effortlessly. And it's like, it's a, it's a real slick, but kind of talk to you kind of style. And so I didn't want anything too busy to get in the way of diamond telling you what time it is. Mm. And so, um, Tempo, I took tempo into consideration and uh, I wanted something really hard because, you know, every record on Raw had to fit in line with with the concept of being raw. You know, there's many there's many layers to the title. And so um, I took those things into consideration when cooking for Diamond tempo, texture, you know, what I mean, and uh, make sure that it wasn't too busy. When you listen to the track Dreams featuring uh, Dynas, um, he spits Stuck With Lame Lyrics. Stuck With Them Lame Lyrics? What the fuck y'all mean? You better hit my man, get Sudeen. Yeah. And I heard that and I was like, I, I imagine what he's saying is that if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if your lyrical game is whack, <laughs> uh, get get ensued beats and he'll make you step it up uh lyrically as a producer what does that what does that compliment mean for you it means a lot man because um for for dynas and peace to dynas he's another incredible vocalist and you know just and, and good guy um uh, my brother sadat x from brand nubian mm-hmm. made a similar comment that when you get a you get a beat from dean you can't be lazy you can't just, you know, scribble something real quick in the studio and then get in the booth and think that it's going to it's going to shine like you got to really put some thought into it. And those kind of compliments, man, they they um, they're humbling. And at the same time, they're motivating, they're inspiring because it lets you know that the other side of the pancake, which is the vocalist, hmm. really is challenged and moved by what you do and they want to take their time and get it right. You know, even, right. even when I, even, uh, rock, uh, my, my man, rock Mars told me one day he was like, yo, I got to make sure this is right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to just rush. You know what I mean? Cause as a producer, when you are working with people that, uh, that you're inspired by and that you admire, Sometimes you can become overzealous and you and anxious, you know, you really want to hear what they do with it, you know, and the the joint with rock was the last record that I did for raw. So I had all these anxieties. Rock and I haven't really cooked together in a while. And this was the last record and the album has really taken shape. And I'm just super excited. And I'm texting him like, yo, peace. What we looking like any updates? And he was like, yo, man, I'm, it's got to be right. And so that his his response tied directly into what Dinas said in a rhyme, which in turn tied directly into what Sadat said to me one day. And so, um, yeah, man, to answer your question, just it is a huge compliment and motivating factor. And and, and I mean, does for you, does that, I, you know, does that talk, does that in a weird, does that put some pressure, I guess, for you too, in terms of when you create something? Or oh, just sure. that, or do you know, like, does that just reinsure that, like, all right, I'm doing something right. I could just continue to do what I do. It's more of the latter of what you said. It's more because when I create, I try to do, uh, I try to create without parameters. I don't mm. sit down, I don't sit down and go, Hey, I'm going to do 
I'm going to do a beat for, for the great Chuck D. Or I'm going to do a beat for, you know, I'm, I'm going to do a little R&B joint for Anderson Pack. Or I don't, I don't try to create with parameters. I just sit down and whatever energy I'm dealing with at the time governs where I go musically. Um, and it'll, it'll, it governs where my sound source, you know, I may, I may pull out some jazz records or I may pull out some deep soul or I may pull out some, you know, whatever. So creating without those parameters, um, it prevents me making one type of type, you know, one type of music. Now, once I'm done and I listen to it uh, a couple of days later, then I go, oh, you know what? Odyssey would sound amazing over this or Coogee Rap would kill this, you know, or, you know, Homeboy Sandman would, would destroy this. That's when I start hearing certain artists over the beat but when i create no sir do you when when you, this is i mean i want to get back to the album but when you when you do create a beat do you have kind of a mission or a goal with each track you know record that's created and if you do how do you how do you ensure that the artist you're selecting um follows that follows through with that mission lyrically um yes the 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 most consistent mission is to make something from my spirit that I myself like. If it moves me, that's step one. Because that's probably what's going to ensure that it gets saved. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, it may get deleted. But if if it moves me, it's probably going to get saved. When I'm working on a project, whether it's a remix for someone or something for my, you know, for my project or someone else's, I'll go into these batches of, I'll study the artists, go into these batches of beats and pull out two or three that I think would fit their project or my project. And, um, the, the, the hope is that they will see what you saw when you made the beat. Oh, nice. And so then they'll attack it accordingly. And then the ultimate, after both sides of the pancake have been cooked, the goal is for the listener and the consumer to see what you saw and to feel what you felt when you created the song. Mm. That's that's number one to me. If they, of course, as an independent, you know, professional independent producer, of course, I you want financially to be compensated, and you know, there's that aspect of it. But the ultimate goal is for for me is for the listener to hear and feel what I felt when I was in my lab making that beat. Mm. Um, a track I really like, uh, and. I'm not saying biased because I went to high school with him, but uh, uh, opponents featuring Jay Live. Oh, um, incredible record! I love I love the sample. I mean, I love the whole thing, but I really love the sample and the. And I was curious, and if you don't have to divulge your secrets at all, um, what sample is being used there? And then if and and also, how did you know that this sample would kind of work perfectly with Jay Live's flow and not be, I guess, too overpowering? Uh, and distracting. Yeah. I, I will say this: um, it's a Caribbean type uh, sample, mm. and um, ironically, that song is the third record done for Raw. 
Oh, wow. the, the first record was Dynas. Dynas record was the was the measuring stick for everything that preceded it. Um, and then I think Red Pill and then DJ Live was third. And there's a significance without being philosophical, a huge significance behind the number three. So his song being third um, was very important and uh, because it deals with understanding. But again, I approached it the same way, man. Like, you know, I studied Jay Live. I'm a, I'm a fan of his. I have a, a, a lot of his records. And I knew that he was, he had great diction on the mic. He had mm-hmm. great diction and great mic presence. So, but I didn't want to give him anything too busy. I wanted the track to move. I wanted it to be some movement. But I didn't want it to be too busy because I, it was important that people heard what he was saying. And um, I was actually in his studio playing him beats. And um, I said, hey, I want you to really check this one out. And uh, I played it for him and was like, he was like, oh, man, that's that's crazy. I said, that's that's the one. You know, I told him that's the one. Right. And so uh, it just it, again organic. It was very organic. There, are, there are two female artists on the album, and the first one is featured on "Walking Floral." Yes. Uh, being that there's only two female artists, are there any importance to? Uh, having her on the album but also the track placement it seems to be like directly in the midway point yes yes I t- you know the, I'm, you're awesome bro. let me <laughs> just tell you that because you pay attention to that stuff and you know I'm, I'm kind of you know I'm weird and a lot of producers we, we're, we're all weird and I know I'm digressing <laughs> but we're all weird okay but we do little things in hopes that people like you would get it uh, and, that, and that, that was intentional Oh, nice. That that was definitely intentional, and this is why the if you when when the when your listeners and whoever hears this, when you guys if you get a chance to listen to Raw, the tone of the whole record matches the title of the record, right? Okay, but life is not like that. Okay, and, and again, I don't mean to sound philosophical, but life is not like that. You have to deal in balance, or you are destroyed. Okay. If there's no balance, then you go bye bye. And so, um, I put Georgia in the center as a transition, as a reminder that, um, just like the water, you look at the image of the artwork and you see water, but then you hear, but the title is raw. Right. Um, but like the great Bruce Lee said, water can flow or it can crash. You see what I'm saying? There's the yeah. balance. And so Georgia, although the beat is still kind of raw, her angelic, beautiful voice on top of it is it's the song itself in totality is giving you the balance. Mm. And so um, and then I'm a big fan of hers. You know, uh, I cannot get away from that. Um, as a producer, and I seem like I'm digressing, but as a producer, I feel it's important to still be a fan of the genre that I'm in. Right, right. I don't want to just be a bloodsucker where all you do is put out music and expect people to buy it. Like, nah, man, I still go out and buy not just old jazz and breakbeat stuff, 
I still buy current releases. You know, I still go out and, and, and buy these records because I'm still a fan of the genre of music that I'm, that I'm in. And so um, as a fan, man, I just I had to work with Georgia. She's super cool, super incredibly talented. And she gave me, you know, uh, uh, two of her best. She not only sung, she rhymed on it, too. Right. So yeah. I was, was super excited. Yeah. That that rhyme was a definitely a nice surprise, and it's actually before I heard the rhyme, the question was going to be: There's you know two women on the track, and the first one just sings, and then I heard the rhyme, I was like, well, okay, there's the. Uh, I also saw it as a way of. I mean, then I looked at placement, I was like, well, this is kind of. I felt like this is a way that you're reminding us to kind of reset ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Uh, and being like, because you because know, like you said, the track, you know, the album's called Raw, and you hear. You know, I think like six tracks of guys, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Spitting lyrics that are in, over incredible beats, and then um, Flora Walking kind of gave us this. All right, reset yourself, uh, have a moment, and then go back into the the rest of the the album. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like that. Um, Seven thirty uh, features uh, Tri State and Conway, um, and I the beat is. I'm not saying simple as like a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the beat, it just comes, you know, it's, 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 it's great. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like a lot's going on, but I'm sure there's a lot going on that I just don't understand. <laughs> um, um, so how, how do you, like these, you have two MCs on this track with this kind of beat. I, I mean, I guess kind of the same question. How do you know, how do you know that this kind of beat's going to work for these two MCs? It's through study, brother. It's through study. Um, uh, the, you know the great Conway the Machine and the and the mighty Tri-State. They're two incredible vocalists, and um, when I studied what Conway and you know big up to Conway and his whole crew, you know Westside Gun and uh, Derringer, the whole you know Griselda. That, that their whole team. When I studied what they were doing, he has a very, you know, streetwise, hard type of um, type of chamber that he's in. Mm-hmm. And Tri-State, who I've worked with before, he's he's, he's uh, part of a gold chain with uh, you know the great Planet Asia, one of my favorite MCs of all time. He also can go into that gritty, grimy, streetwise chamber. And um, I, the, I actually gave the record to Tri-State first, and um, eventually we, you know, got Conway on it, and it was just a perfect blend. You know, it's almost like when you're making cereal or oatmeal, and you just have the right amount of sugar in it, man. It's just like. <laughs> Man, this like breakfast this morning was awesome. It's just the right <laughs> amount of syrup on that French toast, and that's how that record, you know, came came together. Uh, I, I had to have something right tempo, something that was real hard, real wintry type of feel. You know, it's raining. You know, Hughes brother video type feel. You know, and so I was blessed that it came together. It's really dope. Those guys are awesome. Yeah. Um, so you know, you you read about you, you talk, you know, you talk to people about you, and and, and you know, seeing the interviews or whatever comes up is you you're referred to as hip hop's best kept secret. 
Uh, and then I spoke, I spoken to hip hop heads and they're like, they, they love your work. And then they go, but, but it seems like he came out of nowhere. <laughs> um, how, how did a guy who quote unquote came out of nowhere, how, how have you worked with such talents as David Banner, large professor, you know, rock Marciano, planet Asian Di- diamond D and much more. I, I, how did that happen? <laughs> you know, you know I, I ask myself that all the time, <laughs> you know, it, it it's, um, a good friend of mine was 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 uh, running down the history to me, and um, it was just amazing listening to him talk to me about what I've done. And because, man, honestly, sometimes I'm far removed, bro. Mm. Like I still just see myself as Dean. You know, I want to go digging for records. I want to, you know, what I mean, I, I want to, you know, cool out with my family and 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 you know, make beats and uh, and study. And so. A lot of times, man, I, I, I'm because it's not it's not who I am to get caught up into the hype. But right. to answer your to answer your question, my guy was telling me. He said, "Dean, do you realize you did a you did an album with Kanye West?" Wow, yeah. And I was like, "Really?" And he was <laughs> like, "Yeah, man, you 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 did almost half of an album, and Kanye did the other half." Um, and I was like, "Wow, that's come to think about it, you're right." And uh, I did an interview recently, and the guy had did his research, and even he had just you know uncovered that. And I was like, wow, you know, I just never really looked at it, but um, I, I've always kept tried to keep myself balanced, tried to be honest with myself and with the music that I make, and be consistent, you know, with the times, how fast the industry changes, how fickle the consumer and the marketplace is. It's really easy, man, to to get off the path. You know, it's really easy to start, you know, joining in with what everyone else is doing. And um, I just stay consistent and, um, and and try to stay firm and, and stay steadfast in what I do, what I love, what I saw my heroes do. The large professors, the showbiz, you know, I mean, the 45 King, the Paul C's, peace be upon them. Um, you know, the Pete Rocks, the, the, you know, the DJ Spinners. I just try to s- s- be honest with the music that, that I love and, and, and make those records. And through time, you know, the blessings have have uh, unfolded. You know, Banner was a good friend of mine. I met Banner, you know, we were still doing demos together. And uh, he got blessed with the career that he had. And that's my brother and, and one of my best friends. And so uh, although musically there was a time we went in different directions, we were still still comrades and brothers. So everything was organic, even the stuff with large, you know, and which probably was birthed out of an organic relationship. But when I was with you know, doing production for Lord Jamar on the 5% album and um, and so, yeah, man, I, I hope that answered your question, man. But, you know, these these things, man, you the, these gifts, man, that's what they are. These gifts and opportunities. Um, you know, I've just remained humble and, and appreciative of, of being able to work with incredible artists in, in this genre of hip hop. Uh, the new album is Raw. It features uh, Diamond D, Homeboy Sandman, J-Live, Red Pill, and much more. Um Kinsu Dean, uh, thank you so much for joining me on the library with Tim and Keller, rapstation.com. Man, thank you, Tim. I appreciate you. Was there anything, Dean, was there anything else we, you wanted to get uh, that we didn't touch on? or 
No, but well, no, but I do want to say to the listeners um, to support what you're doing, and and I say I say this to um, DJs and stuff like that that I interview with, and because it's very, very, very important. You guys uh, provide the same thing that we do musically. You do it in another form, and so just as you all support us by playing the records. It's equally or maybe even greater of importance that we and the listeners support what you guys do. So I personally want to honor and salute you and thank you uh, for what you do. No, thank you. No, thank you, man. Thank you so much for taking your time to do this and for creating such a great album. No problem. Thank you. Fresher than a zipper, grab a pocket of a knocker. Boy, saying word to mama and your papa. Out Paris, transfer a jocker for a jocker. Once again, yo, it's incredible. Later point, you settle me way ahead of schedule. No, no, be mad, just cause I ain't mad at both. Yo, hey. Gotta wonder why Most people next to me Are undercover spies You can make the argument And live a double life Cause I do shit on the double shit I got somebody on the other line Cats are better go and fly Kite to give it this Instead of that Edge of engine number nine Ain't a motherfucker That's as wonderful as I'm Sometimes I be jackal But I'm wonderful as high Might be a believer But I don't believe the hype Catch me in a foreign country About to cut you in the line Riders better never Let me catch you in the light Riders better never Let me catch you in the light Tension be so big That you can cut it with a knife Boy, do angel know the difference You can nail a knife I'm done certain I run circles I'm not circumcised Back and forth to the casting, slurping up that wing growth. Just for asking, homie, what's the asking price? You already got to come up with the asking cost. Not what you can cover with the shoe string sort. Sipping on some scissors for the whooping cough. If I ain't doing what I be doing in between snacks, I'm doing what I be doing in between naps. Hey, Jimmy, need berries and AC. I go through phases, but nothing can phase me. Refresh, new man, new myth every minute. It's my world, she's just living in it. Here's a bathroom pass for free to cut class. Here's later, I'll be laying on a fresh cut grass. Give me one pig, pen and a pen, the chuck trash. Never give me father from the many cents, such as.
you've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn this thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton, for the stay. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.